Hey, welcome back to Season 3 of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus family of podcasts, where I don't claim to be a hockey expert, but simply an overzealous hockey fan that loves to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. I'm your host, Chris, and today's special guest is a play-by-play announcer for the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Jared, welcome back to the show. Hey, long time no talk. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure and looking forward to the start of uh, the 2022-23 NHL season. It's been um, it's been a whirlwind offseason. We're ready to roll. It's, uh, of course, showcase is literally uh, right around the corner. Yeah, for you listeners, the showcase is tomorrow, so get ready for it. It starts at, I think, 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, which for me here in Denmark, Jared and I were talking, is absolutely perfect because I get off work at 6 and the game starts at 6.30. It's just I don't get that that often, especially on a Wednesday night, so I'm just going to soak up all this showcase action. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you just need to come home from work and turn on some hockey, and that's what it's going to be about. It's nice for you, primetime hockey for, for you in Denmark, and early morning cup of coffee for all of us here in the Central Division. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it both. I really do. But, uh, yeah, it's great to have it at a time frame where I'm not, like, waiting and just dragging my uh, hands up against the walls, waiting for, like, 9, 10, 11 o'clock in the evening to roll around so I can finally get some uh, – get some junior action happening over there in in north america but that's what this episode's about it's all about the nhl and the basically the season preview we're going to kind of do a quick season preview and and just take a look at you know the what what the league's shaking up to be this year because we've had some movement we've had some additions and uh, i think it's going to be really i i have been hockey depressed for months now it's back i can't wait i mean We've already had a bunch of regular season games, at least coming out of the East, and uh, I'm definitely ready for some showcase action. So you want to start, let's see, let's start down in the South Division. What do you think? Yeah, let's head, let's head down to the South. It's always a, a good trip down there and always a uh, tough division to get out of. That it is, because you you say the South Division's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit of a gritty division, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's a physical division. I mean, uh, the Bruins this year had a preseason game against Corpus Christi um, last week, and it, of course, was physical. I mean, it was something that we expected from, from them. Uh, a young squad, of course, for the, the ice race, kind of rebuilding from last season, new coaching staff, new players. Uh, the South Division is just it's uh, what we call the quote-unquote dirty South. Uh, they're, they're gritty, they're tough, they're physical, uh, and they're not afraid to, to go out and make those big open ice hits. No, they're not. It's it's a fun division to watch because you got down there uh, for you listeners. You got the Amarillo Wranglers, the Corpus Christi Ice Rays, El Paso Rhinos, Lone Star Brahmas, New Mexico Ice Wolves. This I just love those jerseys. Uh, the Odessa Jackalopes, the Oklahoma Warriors, because, yes, they've moved. And the Shreveport Mudbugs. So looking at this division, what teams kind of stand out for you? Who's going to make some noise this year? I know Shreveport's looking to get back into the the Robertson Cup. I mean, they're they're one of the toughest teams in the South. They know what they need to do from last season. Uh, they fell just short of their ultimate goal of returning back uh, to the Final Four in Blaine. So I think Shreveport's going to be a good team to watch this year out of the South. The surprise team, though, that I'm going to be making a pick for um, is going to be Amarillo. I have a feeling the Wranglers might uh, ruffle some feathers there in the South and find themselves into a playoff spot and upset a couple of uh, big teams including the uh, Lone Star and the Ice Wolves. You know, it's one of those teams where you, you can never underestimate them with the coaching staff and what they've been able to do in the past. It's never a team you can overlook. 
No, and, and every year is different too. One team could be a powerhouse program, yeah. and the next year they're a completely new team because they've lost players uh, moving on to the next level, um, kind of revamped their their coaching staff, revamped players. So, I mean, every season it's different, and it's not always going to be the same results. So, I mean, Amarillo missing out in the playoffs last year, I think knows what they need to do. They got the pieces together that they're going to be a force to reckon with into that South Division. They they should be. And so what about the Warriors? Because they've relocated. And what should the fans of the uh, new Oklahoma Warriors be expecting out of the Warriors this year? They're a good program. Uh, two years, two years in the playoffs. So, I mean, they're ultimately looking to get that success. They they tasted it. They've gotten right there into the final. And they've fallen just short of ultimately winning that South Division and representing them in the Robertson Cup. So, I mean, they're a team that knows what they need to do. They have the right players. They have the coaching staff. Now it's just getting all three pieces aligned uh, to ultimately get to where they want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's look at the Midwest Division. It consists of the Fairbanks Ice Dogs, Anchorage Wolverines, Chippewa Steel, Janesville Jets, Kenai River Brown Bears, Springfield Junior Blues, Wisconsin Windigo, and Minnesota Wilderness. So looking at the Midwest Division, who's going to make noise this season? I think the surprise sleeper team in that division is, of course, the Chippewa Steel. Uh, Casey Mignon is a great coach. He knows what he's doing. Former associate coach with the St. Cloud Norseman, uh, former head coach of the Rochester Grizzlies. Um, so, I mean, he's he took over that team last year, and he, from the very beginning, was open with fans, open with the players, open with staff, saying, here's my step-by-step plan. This is what I want to do. This is what we will do, and this is what we're ultimately going to do. And Casey Mignon is is a great guy. He knows what he's going to do, and I honestly think that team is going to be a big surprise to watch in this uh, Midwest division this year. Yeah, that they are. And are, do they have a uh, they have the NA3HL team down there too, right? That is correct. Because the they, they got the same Newell. logo. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because like, the New Ulm Steel. Yeah, because there was a. Um, uh, it was the Minnesota Loons uh, goaltender Keaton French. I think they uh, they faced off against the uh, against them this this like past weekend. Kid got three assists as a goalie. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, you always you always see those uh, in, in the Central Division, or the, I say in this case, it's the uh, Midwest Division in the um, NA3. It's a little different, so it's, it's you see those assists coming from from goalies. Okay. Uh, okay. So how about the Wisconsin Windigo? Obviously um, new for the city there. Uh, what should the, the fans of the Windigo be looking forward to? So they're looking for ultimately for the Windigo is a new look, new place, new future. Uh, the former Minnesota magicians uh, moved and relocated to Eagle River, Wisconsin. I always have to remember that since there is an Eagle River, Alaska. Um, so, I mean, ultimately they're looking for a new home and a new look, new identity, new brand. And that's ultimately what they're going to do. I mean, not too long ago, the Minnesota Magicians were the team that won the Midwest Division, represented them in the Robertson Cup Finals. So, I mean, ultimately, it's just a change in scenery, change in look, and ultimately just trying to help build that junior hockey brand in the northern region of Wisconsin, upper peninsula of uh, Michigan. Yeah, and I think that's a that's a good way to do it. And I also think I know you may or may not disagree. I, I'm I'm pretty much in love with the the logo and such. And I know we we've had a discussion about it previously. It looks uh, in terms of like the style and color, um, very similar to uh, maybe the Norsemen. Um, but uh, I mean, it really just a my opinion, a really sick and kind of 
I like the logo. I think it's pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, the colors-wise, I mean, colors, logos, if you look at it, very similar, quick look of St. Cloud and Wisconsin's at the same time, it's going to throw you off to be like, oh, it's the same logo. Then you look again, you're like, oh, wait, no, they're not. Two different teams. Both good-looking jerseys, but uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see them hit the ice this year and, and compete in the Midwest Division. Let's slide all the way over to the East Division, and that consists of the Maryland Black Bears, Danbury Junior Hattricks, Johnstown Tomahawks, Maine Nordiques, Northeast Generals, Philadelphia Rebels, and New Jersey Titans. Again, a little bit of movement in this uh, this division as well, but again, who do you think is going to be the sleeper this year? Who's going to come out and take this one? I think Maryland's going to get it together and hold on this year. They fell just short of the playoffs last year, ultimately in a playoff spot all season, and then had a little bit of a slide towards the end, falling out the last minute. Uh, so Maryland knows what they need to do to get things situated. They started the season so far very well, uh, 2-0, and uh, sweeping the defending Robertson Cup champions, uh, the New Jersey Titans, of course, in a two-game series down in Maryland. Uh, so Clint Melmock, the head coach um, for uh, Maryland, the Black Bears, he knows what needs to be done. He's got things situated. He's ready to, to help lead his team to a Eastern Division championship and ultimately a uh, Robertson Cup title. Yeah, because they're capable of doing it. I, again, I like <laughs> like their jerseys. I know you judge. I know you listeners are judging me out there. Um, I, I really do obsess over the jerseys. I'm a big fan. But um, yeah, I think. I know I knew New Jersey fell uh, those two games to Maryland this weekend, but uh, there was at one point um, is the goaltender's last name is Bryce, right? If I'm not mistaken, yes, I haven't I haven't fully looked into it. It's been a little bit of a, a whirlwind for me getting things situated for Bruins season. Um, I'll get a little bit more of an insight come this weekend, of course, of showcase and seeing yeah. every single team up uh, up close and personal. So I'll be able to report back a little bit more on some aspects, but I mean Maryland has a new goalie tandem, of course, uh, getting things situated on their end and didn't have a bad weekend, giving up only three goals uh, on the weekend. No, they they, uh, they have some solid goaltenders in that. Um, but yeah, with, with Jersey, Bryce made a couple wild saves um, in that game, which uh, will more than likely make my uh, my saves of the month. But uh, I'm also hoping he's doing all right because I think he got hurt late in that first game. Uh, I don't recall if he was in that the second game. I have to go back. I'm not sure which game it was. Maybe it was the second game he got hurt. But uh, but yeah, so best wishes to him uh, if he is injured, that he gets better soon. And hopefully we just see him on the ice next weekend or at least at the showcase. And it's uh, no big deal. So that would be the, the best outcome. But looking at the division still, you've also got the Philadelphia Rebels. Uh, I think they're playing in New Jersey somewhere. Um, but yeah, last year they were just on the outside of Philly. In New Jersey, but the, the Philadelphia Rebels, this is the second time that they've been dubbed the Philadelphia Rebels because they then moved to Jamestown and now back to where they're at now. So they've been all over the place in the last couple of years. So I kind of lost track of what their name is. But <laughs> they're a team wise looking to kind of rebuild, too. I mean, same thing yeah. um, as the Wendigo, new look, new place, new beginning. And that's honestly what they're trying to do. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see with the with the change what the, they're able to do this year uh, moving forward in the East Division. We're going to finish off in your Central Division, and this includes the Aberdeen Wings, Austin Bruins, Bismarck Bobcats, Minot Minotauros, North Iowa Bulls, and St. Cloud Norsemen. Before we go down the Austin Bruins path, who do you think, and if it's Austin, who do you think is going to come out of the division this year and, uh, and, and turn some heads? 
And one of the biggest ones that needs to kind of uh, step up a little bit compared to last year is the North Iowa uh, finishing last in the division. Um, a place where a lot of people did not expect them to be, uh, especially with the track record of head coach Todd Sandin down there uh, with his championships in the NA3 and, of course, Tier 3 uh, junior hockey. So, I mean, that's a team a lot of people have their eyes on as a rebound team this year. Seeing them back into the playoffs would be a good thing for, for the North Iowa fans and, of course, just for the area in, in a whole. This division, um, like you saw last year, absolute dogfight, went down to the very end for that final playoff yeah. spot between Bismarck and uh, Minot. Bruins and Aberdeen battled it out all year. Uh, St. Cloud was that surprise team that no one even expected to come out of that regular season, let alone win the Central Division in the playoffs um, and represent the team, uh, the division at the Frazier, or the Robertson Cup Finals. So, I mean, this year, I mean, Central Division, just like the South, you can't really put a front runner in and say this team's going to win. This team's going to make the playoffs. This team's not. It's it's one of the toughest divisions to come out of every single year. And that's something head coach Steve Howard here says to the guys uh, at training camp from the very beginning. This division is a dogfight. You can't one weekend can make or break you. Um, you can be in a playoff spot one day. Next day you're out. So, I mean, it's it's a tough division just to even make the playoffs. No, and that's a good sign of the uh, just uh, competition within the division and that there's never a guaranteed win. And you want a division where there's never a guaranteed win. You don't want a powerhouse team. You don't want a team that's just getting trampled. You want six strong teams that it's anybody's game any night. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that's fun about the Central Division. Uh, same with the South. It's one of those uh, divisions that you can go to a game and you don't know what you're going to get. It could be a one nothing shutout or it can be a 4-3 shootout win towards the end of the night, or it can be an absolute goal score affair for one team or both teams. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. But one thing we can tell you is the Central Division is just one of the more physical, tougher, and just mentally draining divisions to, to play in. Looking at the roster this year, you got a lot of new faces. You got some returning faces. What makes you excited about this year's roster? One of the biggest things is just uh, that youth that comes to the program this year. A lot of kids coming out of AAA hockey, a lot of kids coming from high school hockey, um, and uh, a lot of hungry returners. Um, I mean, one of the biggest ones, obviously, if it's uh, Jack Malinsky, the defenseman, the lone returning veteran defenseman, he knows what he needs to do to help lead this team. Uh, he's one of uh, he's our captain this year in Austin, uh, one of the four of the leadership core that's ultimately going to help this team and knows what needs to be done. Uh, both defensively and in the locker room to ultimately get to the get back into the playoffs and get to that main goal of representing the team at the Robertson Cup. Yeah, because I mean he was a you know he was a pretty big staple there on on last year's uh, on last year's team, and so I mean he put up what twenty something points last year, and you know but the most important thing about being a defenseman is making sure people don't get past you, and I don't think it was easy to get past him last year. No, Jack's a very gritty, a gritty kid. Uh, he's he's smart. He has amazing hockey sense, um, and he knows just how to where to be on the ice at all times. I mean, he's one of those kids that um, you can rely on at the end of the year exit meetings um, when Coach Howard was asking the veterans and the players who were coming back, "Who's your captain? Who do you think should be captain?" It was unanimous that Jack was was the leader of that locker room. He's the one that's going to lead this team. Yeah, and I know you got also, uh, I think, Ethan Robertson, who I 
came late in uh, last year. I don't think he played the full season last year with Austin. Uh, but he's going to be one of those goalies uh, you're expecting to compete for the net. Because I'm assuming all three of the goalies, I know Robertson well enough um, from last season, but I'm expecting that it's with with the talent you guys bring in. It's just it's it's a it's always a fight for the net. I'm a goalie. I get it. <laughs> you know, Robertson's expected to be our number one this year. The uh, his last year of junior eligibility. Uh, he's a leader between the pipes, and of course, he's going to be a mentor to the two young goalies that we currently have um, as our second and third, our backups. Uh, Trent Weimkin has seen a lot of preseason work. He's done very well. He had a 24-save shutout against Corpus Christi uh, when they played each other. Um, had a very good, solid outing against Anchorage um, in our last playoff, our last preseason game last Saturday night. I mean, Weimkin's a young kid from Fargo Davies High School here um, in the Minnesota, North Dakota area. So, I mean, He's a very young kid, very talented, and I know he's going to be one of those kids to watch in the near future. Um, and he's going to be kind of looking up to to Ethan as that veteran leadership. Uh, Bruins, of course, added a uh, returning face as our goaltending coach, Nick Lear, former um, Austin Bruin himself, also a former Minnesota Golden Gopher uh, netminder, uh, very talented goalie as well. So, I mean, the goalie tandem that the Bruins have this year have a lot of talent. It's just ultimately just uh, keeping the mental game um, and forgetting the, the the short things here and doing what needs to be done, getting into position, and ultimately just playing playing what you need to do. Yeah, and so was there um, – and I know we can't go over the whole roster. Uh, there's a time limit. But I know, you know, you guys are always looking at drafting and you're always looking at the next class coming up. Is there just maybe one or two names, uh, just in particular, off the top of your head that uh, you all drafted that you're very excited to see finally uh, hit the ice this year in some regular season action with the Bruins? I mean, there's a couple of kids uh, who are coming in that we're excited to see. Um, Dylan Cook is especially one of them. Uh, was a North Star product, uh, one of the many North Star products that uh, head coach Steve Howard has brought into this awesome Bruins program. Um, he's coming to us. Um, he started up with the USHL uh, before coming back to us here up for showcase. I mean, he, he's one of those kids to watch. But also, I mean, there's a couple of other ones um, that ultimately that you, you just can't put a uh, can't put a price on uh, that we drafted added to the roster. Um, of course, Walter Zacher's brother Addison made the team this year. Uh, Giuseppe Fiorillo is on the team this year from Nichols. Uh, Nichols Prep is a bunch of kids that we brought over, including Sam Cristiano. So I mean, this year uh, there's a lot of good talent. Um, that this team has a lot of young talent replacing that veteran core and a lot of those leaders and older guys who aged out and moved on to the next level, uh, finding their way up to NCAA um, hockey ranks. So, I mean, this year there's a, a, a lot of players to watch, and there's not just one in particular who's going to stand out and be a superstar. Yeah, Multiple players have that capability this season. Well, that's the great thing about drafting is you 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 know you, you get your free agents, you get guys to camp. But drafting as well is you've been watching them develop in whatever league or level they were playing at before. And you're assessing their capabilities to be able to perform at the NHL level. And when you get them there, it's exciting. It's it's not it's maybe a new face for the fans, maybe a new face for uh, those in the crowd. But for the organization, They've had their eyes on that player for quite some time now, and they know the player's strength. They know the player's weaknesses, and they know exactly where they want the player to fit in within the roster. Exactly. I mean, we, there's scouts in, for, in, for all organizations all over the place, um, the Midwest, the Northwest, 
southeast, um, and even out west in like the California's areas, um, even in Canada. I mean, there's there's scouts everywhere. I mean, sometimes uh, even some of our scouts who don't work for us, who work for other teams, may call a, a head coach and say, hey, this player, I was watching this player for us, uh, but I don't think he'll be a good fit for for what we're doing. I think he's going to fit very well with your program. So, I mean, we've seen that happen before where certain players were being looked at by another team, but then ultimately they're like, hey, I think he's going to fit in better with your program and what you're trying to do. And that's what I like about the hockey community because I've had conversations online and offline with with different teams uh, through this podcast and outside of this podcast. And the end goal is always – obviously, every team wants to win. You're always building a winner because people want to go to winning teams and have success and, and have that feeling. But the end game with most um, junior hockey programs is just developing the players. And if if you see a player and, and you know, you're like, ah, oh, this player has a skill set, they have this, but you're right. They, we either have all those spots really filled up. We're not going to be able to develop the player this year, or they just don't fit into our style of play or the way we do our systems. You know, a team might, and you're like, this kid deserves a look. I don't know if there's any other eyes on him. So I'm going to pass this information on to this team. And I see that a lot in the hockey world. And I think that's why it makes the hockey world a little bit more unique to other sports is at the end of the day, it's all about getting kids that development to move them on to the next level. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing with junior hockey is that's what it's all about is developing to that next level to play college hockey and continuing to excel at the, their sport. Um, so, I mean, we've seen that here multiple times with players who may not fit here who are on the roster and then aren't seeing the playing time that they should be getting because it's a tough lineup to crack and the coaches will reach out to a different team and say, hey, I have a player here who's who's talented. He's, he's, he's hungry. He knows what he wants to do. He's just not cracking it here for us. I mean, he's a talented player. Is he something that would be of use to, to your program? So, I mean, we've seen that multiple times where players get traded to another team and just bloom because they're getting that ice time and playing and doing what they need to do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the most important aspect of it. And I think, again, that's why the, the hockey community is so unique is that, Really, at the end of the day, it's about finding the right spot for that athlete and and where they're going to fit best to continue the development and give them that opportunity to be seen. So it's really cool. And that's why I love hearing that every single time I talk to anyone in the hockey world is that's exactly that's exactly what you want to hear as at the end of the day, it's, it's about the players and, and moving them ahead. But um, before we wrap this up, is there anything else you wanted to add on to it? No, I mean, ultimately, we're just looking ahead to the to the showcase here up in Blaine. I mean, it's the, the greatest show on ice is what they like to market it as and like to call it. And that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's four days of hockey bliss for hockey fans. Eight sheets, four game, uh, four sheets for NAHL action, four games for uh, the NAPHL for the prep league. Those young kids who are also being scouted and looked at. So, I mean, eight rinks, four days, uh, hundreds of games. It doesn't get better than this. It really doesn't. You're you're literally in heaven for the next four days, and I couldn't be any more jealous. Man, I need to make it out there one of these days if we ever move back to North America. These showcases are where I'm going to hit up because you, I can soak in that action 
all day long, as as you listeners very well know at this point. Okay, I, I get it. <laughs> or, yeah, it's great. I love hockey. And, and it's always uh, a nice did, thing to start the season in Blaine, too, because it's it's a good look for, for those players who are looking to, to be there at the end of the year. Season starts in Blaine, season ends in Blaine. So ultimately, they're like, hey, we're here to start the year. Let's finish the year here. Yeah, and I like the way that's formatted. And it, it, it like I again with the way it starts there and the fact that every team shows up and every team competes and every player has eyes on because it does. It attracts the scouts from everywhere. All the scouts come to a showcase yep, at that you get level because hundreds of professional college, uh, I mean, all over scouts from from everywhere. I mean, we see professional scouts um, in the the media room all the time. We see NCAA scouts stopping by and saying, hey, is it possible I can grab this player? Or, hey, can you help me locate um, player X? I want to talk to him. Or is coach, is coach available? Can I talk to him? Or, um, or like, so, I mean, you're all over the place. I mean, there's so much going on and it's, it's, it's not like it's overwhelming. It's just, it's awesome to see. It's fun. It's an amazing environment. And it's just, it's absolutely bonkers and how loud it is for fans just to come watch. Even if it's not your team, you're still going crazy and watching. Yeah, it literally sounds like the uh, there's no place I'd rather be. And for you listeners out there, if you're anywhere near Blaine, Minnesota, get over there, watch some live action and enjoy it. And if you're not, you know, check out Hockey TV. All the action's going to be streamed right there on Hockey TV. So definitely, if you haven't got a package yet, they got some cheap packages. No, they don't sponsor me yet. But uh, if if it wasn't for Hockey TV, I really wouldn't have anything to talk about. I wouldn't. So uh, I'm a a big fan of their product. So if you're listening, Hockey TV, you still have time to reach out. Love you guys. Hashtag Um, humble brag sponsor me. (laughs) Hashtag exactly. Uh, Still looking for that first sponsor. But uh, we do want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and today's guest, the play-by-play announcer for the NHL's Austin Bruins, Jared Becker. Chris, pleasure to be back with you and look forward to the next time we uh, we get to stay on chat. It won't be long, Jared. It won't be long. So that said, yeah, remember, listeners, hockey here to talk about. Oh, I can't wait. Like, oh, it's the best 10 months of the year. It really is. So uh, that said, listeners, remember, always clear your crease.